0: We're so glad you're tuning into the Apex Students podcast. We hope you enjoy this message from Apex students, and we pray that you don't walk away without looking a little bit more like Jesus. What's up, everybody? I remember when I was a teenager, way back when, and I knew exactly what to do to get my parents to do exactly what I wanted them to do. You could call it manipulation. I wouldn't go that far. Oh, I don't have my my clicker again. Could you help me out? (laughs) What am I doing? Um, I wouldn't call it manipulation. That seems a little little dirty. But I knew what I needed to ask, how I needed to ask which parent in order to get what I wanted to get. Um, I have to assume, thank you so much, I have to assume I'm not the only one who would like knows their parents that way. I imagine you have your parents figured out um, or you're getting there. You got to ask ask mom if the boyfriend can come over. Did I tell you the story about where um, I went to my girlfriend's house and her dad didn't know I was coming? Oh boy. And he was not told for a reason. He came home and found out and went to the shed and started chopping wood. It was terrifying. Um, you know, to ask, ask mom about the boyfriend coming over, ask Make sure that all your chores are done before you ask dad if you can go out, right? Um, Tell grandma her hair looks nice before you ask for money, all that stuff. We know the the tricks of the trade. Now, when you ask things of God, we know it's different because it's different when you're talking about somebody who knows everything and is like outside of time and space um, that we can't trick him. We can't manipulate him and we're not supposed to. If you remember a couple weeks ago, we talked about this is like how the Gentiles prayed to their gods. Um, they had some of the belief systems worked where if you said the right words, the right amount of times in the right way, your God would have to move. They would, they would notice you and they'd have to act. Jesus tells us not to pray like that. He said, that's not how God works. That's not how our, our God, the true God works. We're not trying to manipulate God into getting what we want. But we do have some records in scripture about the importance of persistence in your prayer, the importance of persistence in your prayer. We can see some events and some teaching um, that, that sh- seem to show us this principle of persistent prayer. And uh, if we continue to pray for the things we want, we can, bear with me with this phrase, we can change God's mind. I don't think it's exactly how it works that we change God's mind. Um, But we're going to look at these verses tonight, and you can see for yourself what I'm talking about because it sort of seems that way. Um, We're in this series called Rhythms, and so far we've talked about how Jesus teaches us to pray and how not to pray, and uh, the bottom line, which will be underlined in our conversations tonight, your rhythms reveal your priorities. Your rhythms reveal your priorities. We're talking about a rhythm of prayer. I told you that through this series, I would know how to spell rhythms by the end, I'm here to update you. Um, I'm, I've made some progress My finger on my fingers memorizing which order to move in. However, actually spelling the word didn't happen. So um, I refuse to let this series be a total loss. So you must remember, your rhythms reveal your priorities. Tonight, we're going to look at some passages, passages in Scripture that seem to tell us that we can change God's mind. If we pray the same thing over and over again, Keep praying and keep persisting. We can convince God to answer our prayers. Now, before I go there, I should make it clear that's not exactly how it works, and that's it doesn't work perfectly. And again, you're not going to figure out the right formula to get God to move. There's not a magical number of times we have to pray stuff. Um, more often. Than us changing God's mind. He's going to change our mind. Our time spent in prayer is us aligning our hearts, our desires with his. Um, he's going to show us in our prayer time that the thing we're praying for wouldn't be all that good for us. Other times he's not going to answer your prayer and it's not going to make any sense ever. And God is inherently mysterious and we just have to live with that. But what we can trust, what we can know is that God always answers our prayer with a yes, no, or a not yet. And he always accompanies that with a "trust me." Yes, no, not yet, accompanied with "trust me." After we read these passages in scripture, we're going to uh, we're going to move into some prayer exercises, prayer stations. You're going to do some prayer tonight. Um, don't get nervous. We're going to make it really easy for you, and you're not going to have to pray in front of everybody. Let's go into some scripture that I've been alluding to tonight. We're going to move fast so we have time at the end for some other stuff. Um, I am not going to do a ton of teaching around these passages. I'm going to give you a tiny bit of context, and then I'm going to read them, and I'm going to let the scripture speak for itself. Our first example is in 2 Kings, which is a record of kings and prophets and adventure. Um, The prophet Isaiah has a word for the king, the righteous king, Hezekiah. He has a word for Hezekiah. He says it in 2 Kings 20, 1 to 6. About that time, Hezekiah became deathly ill, and the prophet Isaiah, son of Amoz, went to visit him. He gave the king this message. This is what the Lord says. Set your affairs in order for you are going to die. Not the word you want to receive. You will not recover from this illness. When Hezekiah heard this, he turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord. Remember, O Lord, how I have always been faithful to you and have served you single-mindedly, always doing what pleases you. Then he broke down and wept bitterly. But before Isaiah had left the middle courtyard, this message came to him from the Lord. Go back to Hezekiah, the leader of my people. Tell him, this is what the Lord, the God of your ancestor David says. I have heard your prayer and seen your tears. I will heal you. And three days from now, you will get out of bed and go to the temple of the Lord. I will add 15 years to your life and I will rescue you and this city from the king of Assyria. I will defend this city for my own honor and for the sake of my servant, David. I can't explain it, but it sure reads like Hezekiah cries out to God and God changes his mind. Maybe he was giving Hezekiah an opportunity to depend on him. Maybe he was reminding Hezekiah of who the author of life and death is. I don't know, but I do know that prayer made a difference. Prayer made a difference. Let's go to the Gospel of Luke. I told you I was moving fast. That's a promise tonight. Um, Jesus is teaching his disciples about prayer, again, like we've been talking about, uh, but this is in the Gospel of Luke. And the writing implies this is a different time than we learned about the Lord's Prayer. um, Because remember, Jesus taught for three years, so he taught to his disciples in crowds in different cities. So he taught the same thing several times and in different ways. There's a lot of diversity in the way he teaches. This is one of those times. Luke 18. It says, One day Jesus told his disciples a story to show them that they should always pray and never give up. There was a judge in a certain city, he said, who never feared God nor cared about people. A widow of that city came to him repeatedly saying, Give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. The judge ignored her for a while. But finally he said to himself, I don't fear God or care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she is wearing me out with her constant requests. Then the Lord said, learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Even he rendered it a just decision in the end. So don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. But when the son of man returns, how many will he find on this earth who have faith. Jesus made up a story. Uh, That's what a parable is. He's just making up a story to teach a lesson with elements that people would understand. They would understand the needs of a widow and they would understand the power of a judge And this story is something that could easily happen in that culture. This could have happened. And then he uses a common teaching tool. And I think one of the things he's trying to say is justice is coming in the end. Last week, we talked about a new heavens and a new earth, right? There will be a restoration, a redemption of everything. I think he is also teaching us um, this common teaching tool where he uses an extreme to make his point. And he says, even the evil godless judge is convinced to give the widow justice how much more will the righteous God give justice to the people who've experienced injustice? And it's in her persistent petitions that the judge gave her justice. I don't know why. I don't know why God waited. Uh, what waits. I don't know why he involves us. Why do we have to ask? Why does he involve us in the process at all? I don't know. But I do know that prayer made the difference. Let's look at one more time, Jesus directly taught on prayer. This comes from the Gospel of Luke again, and this time, it does seem to be the same time or a time that he taught the Lord's Prayer. It comes directly after the Lord's Prayer in, in Luke's record. So Jesus gave his followers a model for prayer, and then he gave them this parable and principle in Luke 11. Then teaching them more about prayer, he used this story. Suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight, wanting to borrow three loaves of bread, You say to him, a friend of mine has just arrived for a visit and I have nothing for him to eat. And suppose he calls out from his bedroom, don't bother me, the door is locked for the night and my family and I are all in bed. I can't help you. But I tell you this, though he won't do it for friendship's sake, if you keep knocking long enough, he will get up and give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence. This is a really similar parable to the last one, right? It's the same thing. It's someone who is not compelled by love or friendship or righteousness, but they're compelled by, they're annoyed. (laughs) They're compelled by the persistence of the requester. So interesting. And imagine how much more your God, the God of love will be moved by your persistence. He goes on to talk about the principle here. And so I tell you, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives, everyone who seeks, finds, and to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. I can't explain it, but persistence moves the heart of God. It just does. The more time we spend with God, before God with our requests, the more likely we will get what we ask for. Again, I can't make sense of that. Whether he gives it to us um, or he changes our hearts and we want something else, something better, something more righteous, or maybe the timing isn't quite right, but later it is right, I don't know exactly how this works. But his ways are higher than my ways. I don't have to understand it. He's inherently mysterious. But I do know that prayer makes the difference the point is simple. Keep praying. If God hasn't given you what you asked for yet, spend more time with him. Spend more time asking him about it. Keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking, and the door gets opened. Whether he gives you a yes, a no, or a not yet, it's always accompanied by a trust me. He wants us to be persistent with our prayers, to actually come to him regularly with the things we desire. And if we prioritize him we'll make prayer a regular part of our life. We will make repeated prayer, bringing our requests to him, a regular part of our life because your rhythms reveal your priorities. Let's do a short prayer with simple words. God, we thank you that you involve us in the process and I ask you to help us to be persistent in our prayers. Help us to make prayer a regular rhythm in our life as we are devoted to you. In your name we pray, everybody said, amen, amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this Apex Student Podcast. You can listen to more Apex teachings by subscribing on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. We pray that this message has impacted your life and that you don't walk away without looking a little bit more like Jesus.